Hey, it's Pastor Ted Fabianic here from Faith Love Church in Melbourne, Australia. Welcome to our podcast. We pray that when you listen to this, you'll be inspired and blessed to reach the best things that God has for you. Well, good morning. Good morning. Now, come on. Good morning. Hey, we want to welcome you here today and all those watching online here and overseas. Today is not an ordinary day, and what makes it not an ordinary day is you. Jesus never, ever spoke generally. He always spoke personally. So what you're going to receive today is not a general word, but it's a personal word from God to you. You know, you get... Where people miss out is the thing that God speaks generally. God always speaks personally. And when you receive the word of God personally, that is when your life changes. See, life changes is that God's talking to me. God is doing things for me. God's working in my life. And so today, you are going to be blessed. Because God's got a personal word for you. I'm here as his mouth. You want to know what God's mouth looks like? (laughs) So get yourself in a frame of reference that God is speaking to me. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you in the name of Jesus that you're here. You're going to love us. You're going to touch us. You're going to heal us. You're going to transform us. You're going to take us from being the least to being the best. Father, we're going to go from the back of the road to the front of the road. Father, we're going to go from barely making it by to thriving. So Father, right now in the name of Jesus, we praise you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, you may be seated. See, the first thing we need to understand when we start talking about Easter, it's known as the Passover. It is where the blood of the innocent spares the guilty. But understanding this is when we celebrate Easter, we just don't celebrate the death. Three days after the crucifixion, first day is they celebrated the Passover. Second day, the third day, they celebrated first fruit. The first day of a brand new life. So what we, what we find is this, is this. You don't change on the power of a word that is yet to be spoken you change on the power of the word that has already been spoken. You don't change waiting for God to call your name. You change when you know God's already called your name. See, Jesus never talked future tense. I will one day love you. I will one day heal you. I will one day do something to you. See, Jesus always lives in the now. See, to Jesus, this is the revelation of this. Jesus lives in the past. Jesus lives in the present. He lives in the future all at once. So when God speaks, he's speaking to your past, he's speaking to your future, and he's speaking to your present. Ooh, that's pretty good. So therefore, you know what it means? Is that whatever you've done, God has spoken to it. Whatever you need right now, God has spoken to it. Whatever you're going to need, God has already spoken to it. So you realize people without a revelation are going, please, Jesus, what do you think of me? People without revelation go, I want God to speak to me. 
But God has already spoken. Now, I want you to understand, to understand Easter, Passover, if you do not see it through revelation, Jesus doesn't become the center point the crowd does. Easter, Passover, without revelation. People see Peter. People see John. They see the two thieves. They, they see a man in the middle, surrounded by two other men that are crucified. They see the flesh. What's really interesting, when you listen to somebody, when they talk about the crucifixion, so many people are fixated to, to what happened to Jesus instead of what Jesus did. See, when you, let me give you this scripture. This is a powerful scripture. This is in, uh, in 1 Corinthians 2.14. It says this. First of all, understand that revelation comes with the Holy Spirit. Right now, before I read this, is this. You get to choose what you want to see. Revelation says this. My eyes see a man on the cross... But under revelation, I get to see Jesus. I get to see everything he's doing. Then listen to this. Someone living on an entirely human level rejects the revelation of God's spirit, for they make no sense to him. He can't understand the revelation of the spirit because they are only discovered by the illumination of the Holy Spirit. See, without the illumination of the Holy Spirit, you see the man Jesus suffering. You, you see the Roman cross. You know what's really interesting? There are so many articles that are in um, disagreement about what kind of cross was it? How big was the cross? Was it a T? Was it this? See, what happens is this. Without revelation, you get into debate. Without revelation, you get just to see the cinematography. See, without revelation... You get fixated with the thief. You get fixated with Peter. You get fixated with Mary at the cross. You get fixated with Pilate. But when you see Revelation, guess what? You get fixated with Jesus. See, we, we miss it. It's not about what Pilate said. It's not about what Peter did. It's not about anybody else. You see, what has to be under Revelation, Jesus becomes the limelight. Jesus doesn't become a part of the audience. He is the audience. See, Revelation tells you why he's on the cross. But also, Revelation makes it personal. A lot of people love quoting Psalm 23, but Psalm 23 is personal. The Lord is what? My shepherd. He maketh me to lay down. He prepares a table for me. See, what happens is this. Under re without revelation, you're part of the crowd. When you revelation, there's only you and the cross. <sighs> you know why it's only you and the cross? Because when you're part of the crowd, everybody has an opinion. For most of you that have never, ever gone to a football match, get one and get one where there is old people, young people, and watch their reactions. Everybody's a coach. I remember, I remember this football game. I, I loved it. it was, uh, we was uh, uh, at Waverley Park. It's gone now. But I remember it so vividly because I was surrounded by these beautiful old ladies. But tell you what, how opinionated. I won't get at it. Move. Get hungry for the ball. What are you doing? Ah, oh, why did I birth you? And I'm going, well, everybody has an opinion. 
But you see, when you get under revelation, you get removed from people's opinions. Passover is between you and God. So when we understand this, we move it. I want, I'll, let me just show you this. In Luke 18, 31, let me show you what happens when you don't live under revelation. He took the 12 aside and spoke privately to them. Look, my friends, we are going up to Jerusalem. Everything the prophets have written about the Son of Man will be fulfilled. I want you to understand this. You don't understand the cross without the word. I, I made this comment a while back. People say that it's a picture that paints a thousand words. In the spirit, it's a word that paints pictures. So what Jesus is saying to them, if you look at the cross and you haven't got the word, you get it wrong. But when I see the cross of Jesus, I cry. Well, good for you. When I see the cross of Jesus, I get emotional. Well, good for you. Listen to me. After the tears get gone, if you haven't changed, it wasn't real. Jesus never said, I want you to cry for me. I want you to, you know, I, before I had revelation, I used to preach the cross from a medical journal. I wanted to know what medically happened to the body of Jesus. But what I realized, people cried, people wept, but people became still the same. Because when you don't understand the spiritual significance, Jesus is a man of God. Jesus is the son of God. He has no sin in him. So it, it's amazing. Now, listen, let's go keep going. And, and he will be handed over to the outsiders. They will mock him, disgrace him, and spit on him. They will scourge him. They will kill him. And on the third day, he will rise from the death. From death. But they had no comprehension of what he was talking about. The meaning was hidden from them, and they couldn't grasp it. Wow. I just want you to notice these. We're not, we're not talking about the crowd. We're talking about the inner group. And Jesus tells them, I, I am giving you the lens from which you are to watch the cross. And, and, and so what happens is this. He goes, if you do that. Now, you know what happens? What's this? Is because they didn't look at him through the cross. What did they do? They all fled. They were all hiding. They were all going, ah, you know, like Peter, I, I, I don't know him. See, when they looked at what was happening, they looked at them through feelings. They looked at them through sense knowledge. They looked at them all of that and go, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. So what happens is this, revelation. Let me just say this. You need revelation for healing before you get healed. You need revelation of prosperity before there is prosperity. In the sense knowledge, it says this, when I physically have it, I've got it. But God says this, I live in a realm that's above your realm. What, that whatever revelation you get is what you're going to see. So if you're looking at the cross, let me ask you a question now. What do you see? I see a man suffering. Oh, I see two thieves, one mocking and one isn't. I see Mary going, what in the world's going on? I see your scared disciples. I see the Romans, you know, what's the name, playing cards and, you know, getting his clothes. But what happens is this, is they couldn't grasp it. So today, right now, before we go any further, those watching online and right here, do you want to see 
do you want to see? See, God can't make that part. Isaiah 119 says this, if you are willing and obedient, if you are willing to see, you will see. Or otherwise, you'll go past the cross and nothing will make sense. Now watch this. Isaiah 53, verse 1. I love it. The awesome power and the plan of God in action. I want you to notice this. That the cross is not a knee-jerk reaction. It was planned. You know what? So if you don't understand that, what did Pilate say? What did the Jewish leaders say? What did the false witnesses say? Well, who did this? Look, look what they've done. Do you realize there have been literally hundreds and thousands of people have died? It's because somebody said that the, the Jews crucified Jesus. Then there were hundreds and thousands died because they thought the Romans did it. When you, don't, when you don't realize that this is the awesome power and the plan of God in action. Listen to this. Indeed, who would ever believe it? Who would possibly accept that we, what we've been told? Who has witnessed the awesome power and the plan of the eternal one in action? Wow, just watch this. You know what that means this? Is that God says, I planned this. Then do you realize what it means now? It means that God has a plan for your sin. God has a plan for your sickness. God has a plan for your depression. God's got a plan for your lack. God's got a plan for everything about you. God's got a plan for your life. What does that mean? God has a plan for my sickness. Hmm. God's got a plan for my depression. Hmm. God's got a plan for my lack. Hmm. God's got a plan for my job. See, what he's saying here, watch this. Who would have believed it? Who would have possibly accepted that what we've been told? Who has witnessed the awesome power and plan of the eternal one in action? Do you realize that the cross, the crucifixion of Jesus, was planned to the very detail? It was already prophesied. You, watch this. In Genesis 22, Versus, it's all about Abraham offering Isaac before the cross. This is even before Isaiah wrote it. And in Genesis chapter 22, God says to Abraham, Abraham, take your son, your only son, and we're going to offer him on the same mountain that Jesus is now being crucified on. And then he says this, you'll find this in verse 6. And then Abraham put the wood for the sacrifice on Isaac's shoulders. Now, you watch this. Now, this is before Jesus. When they used to teach this passage in the synagogues, this was what said, doesn't Isaac look like a man carrying a cross? And then it goes further. And then they came, the wood was put, and then they tied, Isaac was tied up and put on. You know what they used to teach about verse 9? was this. Isaac goes and says this to Abraham. Abraham, tie me up tight, lest I move and break my leg. You know what was? Jesus was given a, a trial run. This was rehearsal. 
Jesus, the father was rehearsing what he was going to do to his son. Not an accident. See, if you believe, if you believe in an accident, then that's... The, the system that says we be, if you believe in an accident is that sometimes God heals and sometimes he doesn't. Sometimes God provides, sometimes he doesn't. Nothing is ever an accident in God. Look at, now let's, let's, look, about, let's look about Jesus. Isaiah 53 verse 7 says this. This is now talking about Jesus. Remember what we talk, just talked about Isaac? Now watch this. In the face of such oppression and suffering, silence. Not a word of protest, not a finger raised to stop it. Like a sheep to the shearing, like a lamb to be slaughtered, he went, oh so quietly, oh so willingly. Does this sound like that they made Jesus on the cross? I want you to use Revelation now. These Jesus, and he says, I will let you with me. I will let you put me on the cross. Do you, Jesus didn't even lift a finger to stop it. There was no protest. No one protested, neither did Jesus. What, what was said about Pilate, he goes, don't you hear the accusations? And what did Jesus say? If I have legions of angels in my charge, all I need to do is have a thought and you're gone. So what you have this is that in the face of such oppression and suffering, silence, not a word of protest, not a finger raised to stop it, like a sheep to the shearing, like a lamb to the slaughter, he went oh so quietly and oh so willingly. What does that mean to you? Do you realize that what he did for you, he could have stopped it, but he didn't. He, di he, he, didn't, he didn't have a, a conversation with you, shall I, or shan't I do it? He went so willingly. What he did for you was his will for you. What he did for you was his will for you. Now watch, let's go, let's go a little bit deeper here. So what was he doing? What was Jesus doing on the cross? Without revelation, Jesus has got pain. Jesus has got muscle spasm. Jesus is thirsty. But the spirit now starts to open up and he says, let me tell you what was happening on the cross. 2 Corinthians 5.21. He orchestrated this. <sighs> Jesus designed his own death. The anointed one who has never experienced sin became sin for us so that, so that in him we might embody the very righteousness of God. Now, I want you to notice something. Jesus didn't take a token. See, if you have a burden, I can take that burden off you. I've taken the burden off you. But the Bible says this, that on the cross... Jesus became your sin. What does that mean? Sin is the mother, the father of all sickness, 
of all depression, of all loneliness, of all confusion, every single disease in the world came out of sin. Your lack is because of sin. Your despair is because of sin. And what is it? Do you realize what just Jesus became your sickness. He didn't just say, listen, I've got the antidote for your sickness. You know, it's like the COVID jab. Jesus, I became your sickness. I became sick with your sickness. I became depressed with your depression. I became poor with your poverty. I became lonely because of you. He didn't just say, listen, I'll carry the load. He says, I'll become you. I'll become your sickness. I'll become it. Now, this is, to understand this, this is where we need the Holy Spirit revelation. That is why some of us struggle. Does God want to heal me? See, wrong question. He orchestrated this. He became sin. He didn't just go, see, we sin because we are sinners. God never ever knew what it was like to lie. God never ever knew what it was like to have cancer, a tumor, depression. But he says, I became it on the cross. So now when I look at the cross, I see tense sin. My sickness. Do you realize that? You good? So what does Jesus do? He goes, today I give you the final word on this. And in the future. Look at Isaiah 53 verse 5. But he was hurt because of us. He suffered so. Our wrongdoing wounded and crushed him. He endured the breaking that made us whole. I want you to get this. He breaks, we heal. Then he says, he's, the injuries he suffered became our healing. Now, I want you to notice the past tense in all of these words. He didn't say, after many workings. He says, the injuries he suffered became our healing, present tense. He endured the breaking that made us whole, present tense. So what we have here is that God is saying this, you're looking at me on the cross and you're seeing a body, but God is looking by the Holy Spirit. You and I are now looking by the Holy Spirit. I can see my sickness there. Let me tell you something. If you can see your sickness hanging on a tree, you will be healed. If you can see your poverty hanging on a tree, you'll become wealthy. If you see your depression hanging on a tree, that is what happened in Numbers when all the snakes started biting the people that were murmuring. And what did they do? They took the exact snake, the replica of the snake, put it up on a tree, and they said, if you look at the thing that beat you on the tree, you will be healed. So listen to me carefully. You can understand people that don't understand that they go, this is my sickness. This is my depression. 
This is my loneliness. See, that doesn't exist anymore. It's not yours anymore. He took it. This is deep. Come on. Because you've got to grow, church. You've got to grow. We've got to get over baby food and get some meat. You've got to get over being helped and helping somebody else. If you can see it on the tree, you will have what is the result. He became our healing. Listen to this. In Psalm 78, sorry, Psalm 75 verse 8, I'm getting too excited here. Let's, let's talk about God's anger for a moment. A lot of people go, oh, God's an angry God. God is angry with me. Not the reason I am sick because God is angry with me. Listen to the psalmist here. A foaming cup filled with judgment, mixed with fury, is in the hands of the Lord Yahweh. Full to the brim and ready to run over. He filled it up for the wicked. The and they will drink it down to the very last drop. What's he saying there? This is the result of you and I becoming, because we're sinners. And God says this, this is what should be coming to you. But I poured it out on Jesus. Now, let's just go back to this thing. To the very last drop. If you feel that God's angry with you, you need to see it on the cross. God says this, the anger, the fury, the judgment that comes from being a sinner, I put it all on Jesus to the very last drop. You know what that means? In God, he has no more judgment for you. God cannot give you judgment because he poured it out on Jesus to the very, come on, to the very, So that means it's gone. All the judgment is gone. Where did it go? It wasn't a magic trick. Now he's gone. He wasn't hiding. God says, the reason I haven't got judgment for you is because I poured it out to the very last drop on Jesus. So therefore, the only thing that's coming your way now is pure love, pure grace, pure fellowship, pure friendship, pure righteousness. Wow. Look at Isaiah 53 verse 11 in this. As a result of the trials and the troubles that wrecked his soul, God's servant will see light and be content. Because he knows, he really understands what it's all about. I want you to understand this. This is, God, this is God saying to me, I'm on the cross, I know what I'm doing. You think I'm wrecked with pain that my mind is gone. You think that you, I'm wrecked with pain that I don't know what I'm feeling. You think that I just want to get out of here. But I'm not. He goes, I understand what I'm doing. He's hanging on the cross. Every lash, I understand. Every time they punched him, I understand. Every time they rejected him, he says, I understand. What does he understand? He understands that Ted should be punched, but punch me instead. Ted should have sickness. I'll have sickness instead. Touch it. See, to me, this is personal. 
My kids are personal. My wife is personal. Why can't my God be personal? Come on. And listen to this. My just servant will justify the count, will just, just, sorry, justify the countlesses, others by taking on their punishment and bringing it away. Now, I want you to understand this. Do you think that if God takes something away that anybody else will be able to find it or get, get their hands to it? Look at verse 12. Because he exposed his very self. Now, I'll just stop there for a second. You know what the word very self means? It says everything about him physically, emotionally, spiritually was exposed to death. Now, let, let me just show you something that's really deep. Everybody say, ready? Ready? Do you realize, because Jesus was sinless, he couldn't die? The Bible says this in Genesis. In the day that you eat sin, you will surely die. Jesus never ate it, so he could never die. Think, think. Just let your spiritual imagination. We're talking about the spirit now. Do you realize that they couldn't kill Jesus? See, this is this is this is the um, what's his name? When we think without revelation, we just think they killed Jesus. No, 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 no. Jesus couldn't die. The only way for Jesus to physically die was to become your sin. He who sins must. Come on, he who sins must. So watch this. He exposed himself. So I want, see, this is a, when people go, so what, what's church all about? Why is this such a big deal? The such a big deal is this, is that Jesus became my sin so that he could die. Wow. Laid bare his soul to the vicious grasping of death and was counted among the worst and I will count him among the <laughs> check, check this out check this out check this out before the cross you were the worst hoping for the best you were the worst but because of the cross, God says, I've become the worst, so that now you can have the best. Church, think. Nothing is ever too good for you. He's Jesus saying, he was counted among the worst, and I will count, I will count him among the best. I will allot, so allot this one, my servant, and share in all that is of any value because he took on himself the sins of many and he acted on our behalf to those who broke my law. Everything that our sin did against God Almighty, Jesus took on him. So therefore, that means within you, if when you're a born again believer, there is nothing in you that the Father finds offensive. So when people go, well, uh, I don't know if God loves me. Hey, this answers it. Now listen to this. 
God has the last word. Listen to Romans 8 verse 1. So now the the case is closed. There remains no accusing voice of condemnation against those who are joined in life union with Jesus, the anointed one. So now the case is closed. What does that mean? Is that this has been judged and a decision has been made and now it's finished. See, when Jesus said, it is finished, that means that every part to the very last drop of sickness, of judgment, of poverty, of insecurity, inferiority has been put on Jesus. Do you realize that Jesus felt inferior? Jesus felt confused. He felt abandoned. And he goes, I took the very last drop. In the voice of Jesus, it says this, Therefore, now no condemnation awaits those who are living in Jesus, the anointed one, the liberating king. What what awaits you now? What awaits you now? Because this is what's happened. Well, what's really interesting is this. When Jesus rose on the third day, the first fruits, what does that indicate to us? It means that from now on, The verdict has been passed about your life. Now watch this. There's only one that can change. Let me just show this. Let me just backtrack a little bit. When God passes a verdict, it can never be changed. Let me prove it to you. In the book of Hebrews, we haven't got time now, but in the book of Hebrews, when Jesus died, he took his blood that represents everything he's done as in heaven. I remember praying about this last night, and I said, God, what does that mean? And he said this to me, Ted, because it's in heaven, it's out of reach of everybody else because it's with me. My verdict is with me in heaven. My blood is in heaven. So God says this, the Lord, for the Lord is our judge, for the Lord is our lawgiver, the Lord is our king. He, it is he who will save us. So right now, God says, I have put a judgment on your sickness. You are healed. I've judged your sickness. God says, I have judged your sin. You are now my son, my daughter. I have judged your poverty. I have judged your depression. I have judged everything and I have made the verdict. And God says this, who would dare come and challenge me? God says, come on, I dare you. You know what he even did? He went into hell with his verdict. <laughs> he went into hell and not, didn't have to knock on the door. He ripped the doors open and walked in and goes, ha, ha. hey, just to let you know, I've passed the verdict. You now have no more access to any of my children. You now have no access to all of this. I have made the verdict. And then he does this. The verdict is this. For us, is this, God has made the verdict on us, so now we're living it. Now, you might be watching me online and even here. You can accept the same verdict. Now, now I want you to watch this. You're good? We're going to pray in a moment. Jesus passed the verdict. 
But as long as you don't accept the verdict, you live in the old verdict. So you can have all of this. So, so you've got to let God answer the question. When you are sick, why don't you ask God? God, what's your verdict? He says, you don't have to ask me, Fabianic. By my stripes, you were healed. On the cross, I did it. So it's no longer, will I or won't I? It's already happened. You feel inferior. And God says to you, well, what, what's, what's my verdict on it? See, what happens now in our prayer life, in our thought life is this. You no longer ask, is it God's will? What's God's verdict on it? What's God's verdict on it? See, God made a verdict on your mind, on your finances, on everything about you. That is why Christians disobey when they don't take on the verdict of Christ. Let, like Pastor Silva said, let the weak say I am strong. Why? Because God made a verdict. I became weak so you can have my strength. Come on, church, this is really good. Why are you suffering today? Why haven't you got hope today? Why aren't you getting out of your seats, jumping on it? Why, why is your face so hung down? Why is, you, why, why is your heart troubled this morning? Why, when the verdict is done. That's why Jesus said, come unto me, all you who are weary and heavy labored. I've got a verdict for you. And you know what's, what's happening? And we've got to pray to my can I worship team. I'd like you to come because I believe God's going to do some miracles here right now. Do you realize when Jesus was on the cross, God was judging the sin. And then when it was finished, God made a verdict. Now, I want you to notice this. When God makes a verdict on your life, it's irreversible. People say, well, what does that mean, Ted? It means this. How can God put a sickness on you that he has already put and dismembered in Jesus? You're quiet. Think. You know, you know church, we, we, if you get a load of this, right, every demon in hell will be scared of you. When you go to Coles, you'll clean it out. That's why when people, that when, see, what we do is we're living in a revelation of sense knowledge. But God says, this, this is not going to happen. It's already happened. This is, this is not a future thing. It's a right now thing. It's the 17th of April, 2022 at 11.47 a.m. And God is saying, what are you going to do with this? You know what we're going to do? I'm going to pray. If you are sick, I want you to pronounce the verdict on your sickness. This is what it is. Right now, if you've got back pain, you know what you do? I tip back. The verdict is this. By his stripes, I was healed. You got migraines? You put your head, hand on your, on your head and you go, migraine, I'm speaking to you. I, the verdict has been passed that you are no longer mine. So from now on, church, do not say, I have a sickness. You don't have a sickness. You have the verdict of God. 
Don't ever say, I'm broke. You are never, ever broke. Don't ever say, hey, I am depressed. No, because I have His peace. See, right now, what we do is what the Father did. I go to my situation and I go, there has been a verdict that has been passed. I am not inferior. I am not substandard. I am not average. I am not. I am who He says I am. And today I dare you. I, 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 I double dare you. I triple dare you. Start acting on the verdict of Jesus. Come on, I dare you. I dare you in your marriage. Come on. Why don't you stand with me? Come on, lift up your hands if you want. Holy Spirit. The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my healer. The Lord is my provider. Make it personal. The verdict of the Father is a personal statement of reality on your life. So just right now, Father, I receive. Father, I receive. Father, I receive. Father, right now, I just release the healing that your body has given us. Right now. Right now. You know what the Bible says that he went to people that didn't know what doing, and this is, and they, they came to their right mind. So right now, I believe that God is resetting our minds to our right mind. What's a right mind? A right mind that is that accepts Jesus. A right mind is the one that receives Jesus. Right now, if you're sick in your body, pronounce the verdict. Pronounce the verdict by His stripes. I was healed. If, if, if you today, you know, if you today, you don't know what to do with your life, you go, I, 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 you know what, I, I can't make any decisions and all that. Why don't you do this? God's made a verdict that I accept the plans. I accept His plans for my life. I know what I am doing. I am not groping around in the dark. I'm not falling over in the dark. I am now in the light. I know what I am doing. So right now, in Jesus' name, be healed. I, 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 I so sense this this morning. It's God saying, I dare you. Come on, step out of your seat. Come on, step out of that. Step out of seeing what everybody else has seen. Step out to see what I've seen. Right today, you have seen what happened at the cross. You can revert back to what you knew or you can take on the new. And I believe that right now, God's doing some stuff. God's doing some stuff. God is working in you. God is for you. God is not against you. I believe right now, things are just moving off your life. Things are moving off your life. Right now, words are moving off your life. Father, right now, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, if you have never 
ever stepped into this. You've been looking at it from afar. And you go, Ted, I, I, I want to receive this Jesus. I've heard about all the other Jesuses, but I want this one. I, 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 want, I want the Jesus of the Word. If, if you're here right now, and if you've never, ever accepted Jesus, why don't you just lift up your hand? I want to pray for you. Also, for those watching online, hey, you could, wherever you are, whatever situation you are, God has died for you. And all you need to do is this, Jesus, I receive. Father, I come to you as a sinner. I confess that I need a Savior. And I accept the finished work of Jesus Christ. Come into my life and do all your plans within me in Jesus' name. If you've prayed for that, there'll be a link underneath and you'll be able to get in contact with us. But what I want to do right now, and we're also going to, Pastor Silva is going to show you what we're going to be praying for people as well. Well, why don't we right now, with this new revelation, praise Jesus for a second, right? What we're going to do, I want you to, can, can you do this? No, I want you to do something that you've never done before. I want you to give 30 seconds of every bit of energy you've got left. Don't save it for food. Food will give you energy, okay? So what we're going to do is, as a church, I want to thank Jesus. I want to thank Him for the cross. I want to thank Him for my life. I want to thank Him for my health. Come on, Father, thank you. Come on. Come on, thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.